Welcome to Harboring Positivity, a podcast where we want to shed light and positivity on all things related to families and communities. We're here today with Marquetta Smith. She's the executive director and founder of Safe Harbor International Ministries. Today, we just wanted to talk to her and learn more about what Safe Harbor is. So welcome, Marquetta. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for having me. To start, tell us exactly what Safe Harbor International Ministries is. Okay. So Safe Harbor International Ministries, we are a Christ-centered, faith-based nonprofit, a 501c3 organization that got started back in 2017. And the heart of Safe Harbor International Ministries is very, very simple. We love God, we love people, and we definitely love families. Amanda, we also believe in the power of prayer and seeking God for guidance in everything that we do. So our mission is basically to provide family restoration throughout um, everything, all of our different programs, every um, aspect of Safe Harbor. So we, we do this by promoting educational, emotional, spiritual, and physical healing by offering victims online services and survivor support group advocacy services. Also mentoring, training programs, educational initiatives. Also we have social service initiatives to transform the lives of men, women, and children. I also want to continue giving you a little bit more background about um, our mission with Safe Harbor. Uh, we also are basically creating a culture of awareness around many issues that pertain to families. We know that families, all families cannot be restored back to uh, the way they think they may want to be restored. Um, they think it may be safe, but we know that this is not a safe environment. So we show them that there is restoration for everyone who is willing to do the work. And that is the key, doing the work. Um, we also strive to see people the way God sees them through the eyes of love, basically. We talk about and we explore things that families may deal with on a daily basis. We hit the tough, tough topics. We also train our communities on how to assist children and women who have experienced some form of trauma and domestic violence within the Georgia communities. I just want to emphasize that we are here for all families, all backgrounds, and all walks of life. Our number one job is to love, first of all, and to serve everyone and not to judge anyone. We all have a past. Another thing is we are encouraging and creating a community of collaborative efforts. Now, this is really big, Amanda. Uh, we realize that we cannot do this work alone. So you're going to always hear Safe Harbor talk about collaborations. Currently, we are reaching out to partners and organizations to become partners with us to help us provide services for families that are in need. This is not a one-man job. Um, as you see, Amanda, our communities will need like-minded organizations to come together to solve problems within our own communities. It is truly going to take a group effort to pull this off. Was there a light bulb moment in your life where you knew that you wanted to create Safe Harbor and that was your mission? Oh my gosh, Amanda. Okay, so let me take you back 20 years ago. All right, so I'm dating myself. All right, so 20 years ago, God gave me this beautiful vision of a country home surrounded by spacious land, a peaceful, tranquil lake with trails as far as the eye could see. The home was really tucked away in the community, um, but off the beaten path. I remember thinking that this is a place where we can come to get our perspective back 
It will be a place where we can come to get healed from our broken past, a place where we will be able to be made whole again. And while I was seeing this vision, I got the strongest impression that God wanted me to help families become restored. I gladly accepted that invitation to restore families, not knowing how this would happen. And little did I know it would be a long, hard process uh, to, to see this dream fulfilled. Now, moving forward from 20 years ago, back in 2003, now tragedy struck my home, um, Amanda, leaving me and, and my family shattered and, and basically hopeless. Domestic violence had became a reality for my family. And it left us wondering, you know, could we, we heal from all of this pain? And it was very shameful um, to go through that. I thought it was. Uh, once our little happy, peaceful home, it turned into a, a dangerous place that we had to quickly escape from. And amazingly, um, God's grace, um, we made it out and we began the whole painful step and the long process of healing. From this experience, my life uh, took a turn and I knew that um, I never wanted to see families torn apart like my family was. And from that moment on, the calling to help families became stronger and stronger. Um, and that was within me. I was armed with the passion and armed with the strong, strong belief that I knew that God could help me um, out of this situation because other families came, other individuals came to help me heal from my broken past. So moving forward a little bit more from 2003, I moved back to Atlanta. Um, I actually grew up in Memphis. And so all of this that I talked about earlier happened in Memphis. So I moved back here in 2012 to become, uh, to get closer to um, my extended family. So I was led to start a nonprofit, and this is how Safe Harbor was born back in 2016. The idea, um, I guess, finally formed for me. And so with Safe Harbor, the puzzle pieces of my life began to come together. And God showed me through my process of healing and restoration that he is my safe harbor. He became my safe place. He became my family's safe place. And I know he has empowered me to reach back and provide safe places and resources for others who are in need. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and how it turned out to change your life and a lot of other lives in the process. Yes, thank you for asking that. So you previously mentioned a couple resources, but what resources exactly does Safe Harbor provide and to whom? Okay. So we have an online training program. It offers free courses to anyone who may want to learn more about domestic violence. And as you know, from my past, that is a passion to really help individuals heal from domestic violence. So of course, we have training courses um, online that people can take to get a little bit more information about um, what's going on with domestic violence, who can we help, and how can we help. Um, we have information about family violence, teen issues, parenting training, such as learn smarter, not harder during COVID-19. This deals with helping young children or any child uh, learn online. That has been a big issue since COVID-19. A lot of parents had to put on another hat and become teachers at home and, and work with their kids working online. So we give some really nifty tips um, in this online course. Also, we have a four personality types um, course and how to deal with those personalities in the workplace. This is very, very important. As you know, when you're working with different people, they come with all types of personalities. They come from all places. You've got to learn how to get along with people. So this course really helps you learn how do we get along and work together effectively. 
We also have this other course. It just came up and one of our team members did, actually several of our team members put this together, How to Love Others Effectively. That is one of my favorite courses because as you see with everything that is going on, people's hearts have been hardened. Um, people are scared. People are fearful. So having a course that teaches people how to love others effectively is so powerful during this time, I think. Um, we also have a financial literacy course training that is coming out very soon that um, one of our ED assistants have really started working on. Um, and she gives her, her life testimony of why she wanted to do a financial literacy course. So she's going to actually put that course online for us too. But these training courses can be taken by counselors, law uh, enforcement officers, social workers, church leaders, human service agencies, court officials, victim advocates, mental health professionals, caregivers, community partners, nonprofit educators, and the list goes on and on and on. Moms can take this course. Dads can take this course. Um, anyone can take these courses. Again, I want to reiterate these courses are free to the public um, for them to get a little bit more knowledge about a lot of these things that we're dealing with and issues that arise in our community. We also have an internship program that is open to college students who may need a remote internship. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. We have a child abuse awareness program where we go into the schools and teach kids how to be safe. This program helps children learn the skills to prevent and basically interrupt the cycles of neglect, bullying, and child abuse. Um, so we touch on those issues of what is child abuse, the physical child abuse, emotional and sexual. Now, Amanda, back in January, over 1,400 students have been trained literally this year by us with everything that is going on. Thank you. I, I thought it was too. I, I was so excited when they asked us to come, come into one of the school systems to do this particular um, training. Now, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, we had to kind of pull back from going to the schools uh, for now. But we're looking at other ways to safely teach these courses online. So coming soon, you'll be hearing a little bit more about that. Now, we also have a mandated reporters uh, training course for school and school officials. We provide education, um, educational um, courses through teaching these mandated reporters how to uh, potentially look for these issues and various forms of abuse within their schools. We teach educators on how to recognize the signs of abuse among the students and what to do if they suspect that uh, one of their children in their classrooms have been abused. Now, over 200 teachers, paraprofessionals, counselors, and school staff have been trained by our organization this year too. I thought that was amazing because that was our first time out of the box here in Georgia um, tackling this, uh, this number of individuals who may needed this mandated reporters course. How amazing. That's awesome. I know. That was exciting. Very, very, yes, it was so exciting. We also have the Love Project, Amanda. This is one of my favorite, favorite babies. Um, I want to say we, me and my mom really started sewing and quilting around the time we were dealing with recovering from um, family issues and, and going through domestic violence within our own home. So we started sewing and we started healing through our pain. And the idea popped in our, our, our heads was, how about we give these quilts away to individuals who are hurting, individuals who may be in need or who have been forgotten and, and they need someone to say, you're not forgotten, you're loved. And I know that you're going through a tough time, but here's a quilt that 
you can place around you that can be a hug from us. And as, as you know, now people are not hugging each other, but our quilts represent a hug. Um, quilt, these quilts are handmade, so they take a lot of time, a lot of love going to making these quilts. We have given away um, these handcrafted quilts and pillows to over 365 families that are in need. Isn't that amazing? Oh, right. That's amazing. That's a lot of families. <laughs> yes. We've also, Amanda, made some face mask covers. Um, you know, earlier during the pandemic, there was a need um, and they were reaching out to different organizations to make some of these face masks um, to give out to individuals, hospitals, nursing homes to help individuals stay safe and to prevent the spread of COVID. So we jumped on board and our sewers got on, on board with this and we start giving out um, a lot of masks. I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of masks that we've given out. <laughs> I want to say maybe five or 600. I'm really not sure because they were trying to do that along with making quilts. But I was so glad that we can be a part of just helping during this time. I love the love project because it's such a simple gesture, but it goes such a far way. And I think a lot of people don't realize sometimes the smallest things that they can do for others. Yes, awesome. I agree. Isn't it awesome? I agree. Yes. You mentioned the internship program. Can you describe the internship program at Safe Harbor and what led you to want to have an internship program? Okay. Um, I love the internship program, too. I, I know I said I have a lot of babies, but this is one of my babies, too. <laughs> it's one of my favorite programs. Um, we got started with the internship program uh, last year. Our program is very well laid out. It's structured where students can come and interact with other interns from around the world and around the U.S., they get real life hands-on experience in working with a nonprofit organization. We teach them how to effectively communicate with others while working on team projects. So right now we have a total of 12 interns that are working in one of our um, HR departments, office administration team, social media, blogging team, and ED assistant team. We recruited and trained over 23 interns throughout the US, China, and Switzerland who graduated from our program successfully making 80% or above last year. So we're very proud of those young individuals who have um, been a part of our um, internship program. Now, one of our teams, uh, one of our team members and teams created our online game called Unplanned, where a game, this is a game where you can walk through a day in the life of a teenager who is homeless and pregnant and who has some, to make some serious life choices. Um, so when you guys get a chance, when the listeners get a chance, please check out this um, game. Um, you're going to be really, really surprised about some of the things that these homeless pregnant teenagers go through. Uh, again, I encourage you to please um, look up this uh, program. Now, you asked the question, Amanda, why did we want to get started with the internship program? All right. So as you know, um, interns have a, 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 well, I'll say college students have a hard time trying to find jobs. And when you're creating a, creating a resume, the first thing that um, individuals, will tell, individuals will tell you for your resume, you need to have some type of experience on there. Well, guess what? If the jobs are not willing to give people or uh, college students um, uh, a chance to learn and a chance to show that they can do these certain jobs, well, they can't put it on their resume. 
So a light bulb popped in my head again. I was like, well, why don't we start training interns and giving them something that they can put on their resume so they can be hireable um, to, uh, for some of these organizations who are needing to hire individuals. So I think it's a win-win. Now, Amanda, you are one of the interns and you were on one of our teams. Tell the listeners about your experience with this internship program. So I started my internship two months ago, I think. Um, and I'm an, exec- so. uh, I'm an executive assistant to Marquetta. Um, one of the things I love about my internship is it's very hands-on. I'm not doing mindless, um, silly tasks. I'm getting my hands wet in all of departments. Um, Safe Harbor is a very intern-driven organization. There's interns doing social media. There's interns doing office work. There's interns handling the human resources. So I love that we all get to learn from each other and it doesn't feel like I'm just intern number four in a huge company. I also have really enjoyed learning about a new nonprofit. I've never heard of Safe Harbor until this internship. And now how cool is it that I get to teach Safe Harbor and what they do to everyone in my life because of the meaningful and impactful work I get to do. So I've really enjoyed my internship so far. Marquetta was saying she had a lot of babies. This podcast is my baby. So I'm very excited to be on our first episode today. Well, thank you, Amanda, for sharing that. I'm telling you, this this baby, basically, this see that you guys are really getting a valuable, um, some type of valuable internship and that you can take something from this and actually apply this to a real world uh, work setting. And it's not just work, mindless work. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I mentioned that the work that we do is really meaningful and at times it can be, you know, some of the situations can weigh pretty heavily on you. How do you find a balance between the work you do with Safe Harbor and your personal life? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, let me breathe for a minute. (laughs) All right. So yes, Amanda, I believe in uh, living a well-balanced life. Now, years ago, this was very hard for me, and it took some praying about and also experiencing major, major burnout. I think that when you deal with people's problems on a daily basis, you must pull back from it all and take care of yourself. There's a saying that goes something like this. You cannot take care of others if you have not taken care of yourself first. You know the whole thing of um, being on on an airplane and they give you instructions uh, before you take off the flight Mm -hmm. attendant will come up and they'll speak into this mic and they'll tell you, okay, how to secure your face mask or your breathing mask. um, If anything Mm -hmm. goes wrong with the plane and they always say this, secure your mask first before you go and help someone else. This is basically the same concept, Amanda. Um, So I definitely have, have had to learn this hard, hard lesson um, after I went through my period of being burned out. But this is really good work. It's really um, work that involves a lot of emotions at times. So we have to pull back. Um, Some of the things that I do to really take care of myself, I love to walk and be in nature and to reflect and unwind from everything. Also, Amanda, my prayer life is a must. I love talking to God about my day. I know that probably sounds silly to other people, but it has been a lot a lifesaver to me. My spiritual life and the relationship with God is very important to me. It's been my saving grace. Having a relationship with God has taught me that I cannot do this type of work on my own. I'm certainly going to need help from him. I'm going to need help from other people. And 
this has really helped me um, grow, basically. And of course, having a good support system um, with friends and family who love you and who are there for you is very important, extremely important as well. I know faith is a huge component of Safe Harbor. Can you talk a little bit about the prayer garden that Safe Harbor does? Oh my goodness. Okay, I won't <laughs> say it. That's my baby. But <laughs> I will say this. Uh, we love putting the, pr the prayers up. Um, I get my inspiration when I have my um, personal prayer time in the mornings uh, before I get started with working. So at times, you know, I'll get some inspiration to pray about finances and to help others pray about that. Other times I'm watching the news and I, I see what's going on and it's, it's, it, it breaks my heart with some of the things that have been happening. Also with our families that we deal with, um, I get inspiration to pray prayers for them because this has been a very hard road for a lot of people this year with everything that has gone on in the world. And then also um, when you're dealing with domestic violence survivors, any survivor of abuse, um, it is very hard for them to walk through those things alone. So faith plays a big, huge role in navigating the healing process. So one of the reasons why we started the, the prayer garden was to help people navigate the healing process. And we realized that we couldn't navigate this alone, that our faith is a big portion of our healing. So we really encourage families to partake of this prayer garden. And basically it's just made up of prayers, um, prayers that, are, um, that we have been inspired to pray, prayers that have worked. These are not meaningless prayers, just words that we say. These are powerful prayers that literally help transform people's lives. Um, and, and if you haven't tried it, it's very, very simple. We encourage people to, to try God prayer. And in that prayer garden, garden online, you'll get a chance to um, hear some of those various prayers that have really changed the lives of other people. And thank you for asking that, Amanda, about our prayer garden. For the listeners, how can people get involved with Safe Harbor, whether it be they, them wanting to make a donation, them wanting to be involved in the Love Project, or if they're seeking resources? Okay. So they can partner with us by con um, contacting us at contact at safeharbor.com or safeharborim.com. And we'll have that information on our website too. We have a phone number there. We have an email address, but you can start there if you want to partner with us. And we're really big on partnerships. As we talked earlier about collaborations, we're always wanting to collaborate with individuals, community um, leaders, or um, just community individuals um, who want to actually come in to help. So they also can donate uh, to help our wonderful interns out like you, yourself, Amanda, <laughs> if they want to uh, give back. And we know, again, people are going through some very hard times, but at the same time, they also can shop on Amazon. It's simple as this. If you want to just, you know, go shopping on Amazon, a lot of people are trying to pick up toilet paper and paper <laughs> towels and soap and all of that. Um, when you shop, Amazon has a program called Amazon Smiles. So Amazon donates 0.5% of the price of eligible Amazon Smile purchases to char charitable organizations like ourselves. So you don't have to do anything uh, um, outside of just shopping if you want to really be a help to Safe Harbor. Now, I know that 0.5% doesn't sound like a lot, but it does add up um, every little bit. Um, counts. So I encourage people to donate that way. We also have a wish list 
online if people want to get involved and they may have some extra supplies laying around that they don't need they can always donate those to Safe Harbor as well. But I tell people, start on the website first and see how you can dive in and get involved. Yeah, I really encourage everyone listening to check out Safe Harbor's website and also our Facebook and our Instagram, our Twitter. Our social media team works really hard in putting out really relatable content, even if you're not experiencing some of the things that we mentioned that Safe Harbor deals with. We have articles and blogs on lots of stuff I know that we're all probably going through right now. And I'm so glad you mentioned the blog post. Um, we have individuals that want to uh, write about some things that are going on. We have an awesome blogger team right now. They're doing pumping out some really awesome articles, but we have people that really want to give back that way so they can actually volunteer their time to write about some of the things that people are going through. And we encourage people to give back that way if they want to just volunteer. It has obviously helped a lot of people and done a lot of great things thus far, but what are your future goals and plans for Safe Harbor? Future goals for Safe Harbor. Okay, so one of the things um, we want to continue to create a collaborative nonprofit where we are partnering with as many organizations as possible. Like I said earlier, it is going to take many organizations coming together to help our communities. As you see, everything that is going on now, Amanda, in the world and in the United States with COVID, the pandemic, unemployment rates have risen through the roof. Our agency cannot do this work alone. And one agency does not have all the answers. Um, to the community's problems is literally going to take a village as the old saying goes. We also would like to see Safe Harbor obtain a house where we could house pregnant homeless teenage girls that are in need. This has been a huge issue here in Georgia and also in some other um, states, but we want to focus here in Georgia first. And this has been a hope of mine, uh, a passion of mine to see it come to pass. Things too. Um, I want to say this, even though we do some hard work, but I, there is some reward um, to this, seeing interns come through our program and get the needed training that they're needing puts, places a smile on our face. That's a rewarding part of this work. Seeing families get the resources that they need is a rewarding part of this work. I'm just seeing individuals get connected to family members that they haven't talked to in a long time through going through our online support group services. That places a huge smile on, on our face. So I don't want people to think that, oh, this is daunting work and this is really just hard and tedious. At times it seemed like it is, but it is definitely rewarding. And I'm so grateful that we have Safe Harbor International Ministries helping our communities um, around the world. Well, thank you so much, Marquetta, for your time today and sharing more of Safe Harbor and Safe Harbor's story. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much for interviewing me and having me here talking about, talking about Safe Harbor. Thank you so much for everyone who listened. And if you're interested in learning more or just connecting with Safe Harbor and our social media, please visit us at safeharborim.com. We will also be posting there our next podcast episode. So I hope you all enjoyed listening and hope you tune in next time.